Uh, so yeah, we've um, we've run into each other a couple times at cons in the past. Um, but the last time uh, that I spoke to you, uh, I don't know if you remember this, we actually talked about uh, magic cards uh, yeah. in the airport. Um, well, that which... is uh, the best place to talk about magic cards. I think they did a survey. and uh, Yeah, I think airports. that's uh, recorded, yeah. Um, funnily enough. Um, so I had known that you were very um, enthusiastic about collecting magic cards. Um, but I didn't know to quite the extent, uh, cause you've been, as you were telling me, you've been doing it since like almost the very beginning, right? Yeah, pr- pretty close. Um, when I, w- I was, a, it was about 94 mm-hmm. when I started. And at that point you could still pick up, let's say <laughs> the black Lotus for right. like 70 bucks, 60 bucks. Yeah. Some, somewhere in there. Uh, the first one I bought was a hundred dollars when I picked mm-hmm. one up. And that was crazy. I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> right. And it's how much now? Oh, it depends which one you have, but they seem to go for like $30,000, $40,000 if you have a really uh, nice, like unlimited. And if you've got an alpha or beta, uh, they're crazy. An alpha one sold like mint, though, graded and mint, you know, like a 10 sold for, I think, a half a million dollars. Holy shit. Uh, okay. Last year, if I remember correctly. Well, yeah, wow. that's what that's what I said. And the, you know, the funny thing is, I literally was on eBay because I'm always collecting, yeah. I'm always you know looking around on there. And I actually saw it, and I saw that it had like five minutes left. So I watched it, and I wasn't watching mm. it before. Sure. I wasn't interested in buying. That's far <laughs> beyond my means. So, yeah. uh, but I actually watched it just go boop 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 and go crazy. It, it blew my mind. I've never watched anything like that on eBay. And when you were watching it, how high did it go up at that in the in those in that time period? Oh, I think it was under, I think it was like maybe under $100,000 to start. So I watched it. And already I was, that's why I was looking. Because it was already high enough to get my interest. Like, whoa, this is like five more minutes? Oh my God, that's going, wow. Um, And that's an alpha. I own an unlimited, like a really nice, like a 9.5, I think, graded. Um, But I still was, you know, it was interesting because I was like, whoa, I've never heard of it going for it. And then I just watched it. (laughs) <laughs> keep going <laughs> like it Damn. was some kind of a uh, joke but uh it was legit that's crazy like so i'm not a magic expert by any means i've only played like a couple times in my life uh it's always been kind of like adjacent to uh, like other hobbies of mine um but in terms of the sort of why it's stuck around do you think it's mainly just the game itself or the collecting or both and what is it for you like because uh, i know you do play but uh, what has kept you, like, with... So I guess, first off, why do you think it's had the longevity that it's had? Yeah, you know, that's interesting because it really has stood the test of time. So Magic the Gathering is the first, to my knowledge, of the collectible card games. Now, mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah. there's some offshoot, but this is the first one that I know of and definitely the first one to be that huge. Sure. And there were many to follow. It's a good game. Uh, I think one of the things that kept it going is uh, probably the value of the early cards. They put out a, a, a list of cards... Uh, decades ago that they Mm -hmm. would never reprint. And that was already when the cards were starting to soar in price. Nowhere like where they are now, but, you know, there were $300 cards, $500 cards, that kind of thing. And so they put out a reserve list that said, hey, you know what? We we promise you guys we'll never reprint. And it was a pretty long list, you know. Mm, And I think that's a part of it because uh, it it made people feel safe to pay higher prices for some of those cards. Yeah. Yeah, Knowing they'd never really be reprinted, or at least that's, you know, 
if we can trust their their reserve list promise. Sure, it's also sure. a really fun game to play. They haven't been afraid to make changes over the years and to add to it. So um, whatever the base model of the game was, they've added lots of abilities. You know, there are other card games where cards flip over and, you know, do other things. And, and Magic's incorporated all that over the years. So, yeah. you know, they have certain two-sided cards now. And that was never part of the game in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But And it, then, it, like, in recent years, it's just gone great. All collectible cards have gone just... Have skyrocketed yeah, and yeah Pokemon of... cards have gone crazy too. I mean, I've been I, I'm I always watch that with interest because it's amazing to see uh, uh, to see the prices of these things go up. Now, obviously, there's going to be, in my opinion, there's going to be a crash at some point. Sure, because because it's just been up, 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 up with uh, without much change. Yeah. Um. But the the so I don't have any faith in uh, newer cards. That doesn't mean I don't mm. play them. I don't get them. I don't like them. I don't enjoy them. I shouldn't say no. I have less faith. Yeah. But the thing is, if you're talking about the original cards that are on the reserve list, you know, uh, you know, like the Black Lotus and the Power Nine, which are the first, the nine most powerful cards from the original set that are mm. never going to be reprinted. I mean, those are sure. literally like the most popular, most well-known, most infamous first ever collectible card game cards. So I have a lot mm. of faith in those. It's like, like you, I know you're into board games. So it's like if you own the first board game ever created, like I have it. This is the first one. It was... Made in Rome in uh, whatever year, you know, and I own it. Right, right, right. Like, that's always going to retain a certain amount of value because, not because people love to play it, they could get some other version of the game, clearly, but because it's just something you want to put in the Smithsonian, you know? Yeah. Have you played any of uh, Richard Garfield's other games he's designed besides Magic? I don't think so, but it would depend. What are some of the other ones he's... I haven't played many other games. I tried a couple of the Marvel. I think they had a Marvel Versus... Mm. Uh, and I played that when that came out. I, I tried a few other quick ones. A lot of them seem cool. It's just I put so much time into magic at sure. this point that I'm just I'm like, I don't even want to invest, you know, because if I like it, then I'm going to start buying some. And I'm like, what do I do then? It's, uh, magic's already like, you know, to keep up with the expansions. It's, it's a good chunk of change. That's true. A lot of his other games are more just standalone stuff, though. Like, um, I'm, have you heard of King of Tokyo? That's a pretty, very popular one. Ooh, I don't um, think I've heard of it. King of Tokyo is very simple. You you got you got your kaiju. You're fighting each other, and you're rolling okay. dice. It's it's kind of like um, imagine Yahtzee, but you're using the dice to beat each other up and play cards and that kind of thing. It's actually sounds very cool. popular little card like game that has had like expansions and uh, like re-releases, and it, it, that's a pretty popular one in the yeah, especially in the more casual game sphere. Um, and when did that come out? Is that in the last five ten years? That would around? have been about 10 years ago, I think. Okay. Uh, so King of Tokyo had a sequel, King of New York. Um, <laughs> Bunny, sure, sure. Bunny Kingdom is like a very, uh, one that I own. It's a fun drafting game where uh-huh. you're putting these little bunny things on this big grid and you're using cards to manipulate them. Um, okay. So, so the guy has quite an extensive, I mean, I, uh, Keyforge is a new work, maybe in the last five years, uh-huh. card game that he made that. Every single uh, deck that you buy is completely unique because it's oh. randomly generated decks. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very interesting concept where every deck you buy is one of a kind, but there's no guarantee that it'll be any good. Um, and so <laughs> well, there, of are, course. there are apparently <laughs> over 104 quadrillion possibilities. And so I guess what I don't know, I don't know how a couple of years ago it was a pretty big, big thing. Now I'm not yeah. sure if it's kept its staying power but 
Uh, people were buying boosters and, you know, comparing them and putting yeah. into tournaments and stuff. So is that uh, one way you're supposed to play with the deck as is? I mean, are, as is, is the, yes. you're not you supposed to alter it and take a card from one deck and throw it in another deck, for example. Nope. Uh, I, I believe the the whole conceit is you play with what you're given and see and see how it goes and try to do it the best with the deck you've given, which I kind of like that concept. Like, yeah, uh, there I know there in I think in Magic and some of the other card games, there are versions where it's like, OK, you get like a random set and this is what you have to, you know, deal with, like and try to do the best you can. I I do kind of like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's fun, too. I mean, because there's two there's two elements I like about. Well, I mean, there's lots of different ways to play Magic, but, uh, you know, I, I don't play I haven't played competitively in, you know, forever. You know, so. Sure. Um, that's just not something I can keep up with or choose to keep up with. It takes, I mean, you really got to know your stuff to preview the new set, decide which cards are going to be hot, what's going to go well with what, be ready for it, you know, get all those cards, put your deck together. And then, of course, you have to be an incredible player and know all mm. the other types of decks that are currently popular so you know what you're up against. And, oh, I see that card. I'm going to be ready. They're playing of this kind. You know, I can't, that that I can't keep up with. Or I, cho- I should yeah. say I choose not to. Sure. Um, I play just like casual play. I play a, there's a style of play called commander. Mm-hmm. And, um, I also play something that's just, uh, I just call it a random box. A lot of people call mm. it a cube. Mm. Um, but, uh, I actually came up with this style of play pre, um, pre cube before people had the term and knew what a cube was. And okay. that's basically where you throw a bunch. Most people will throw a bunch of really great cards into a random box and, uh, and then you kind of draw out of there, like everybody gets X amount of cards and you build a deck out of that. Mm, so, okay. which is cool because there's a, a randomness to it and you got to deal with what you get. Now for me, uh, my buddy, uh, Charlie and I, who've been playing forever, uh, we were kind of looking at old cards and what happens is you'll have a, a card, let's say a creature, for example. Sure. And, uh, eventually that creature will be bettered by something else. Meaning this creature is just cost two for a two, two creature. There's nothing, it doesn't do anything special. Yeah. Well, eventually, they come out with a 2-2 creature for the exact same cost, but it also does something, which right. kind of negates that earlier creature. So there's, there's actually no reason ever really to play that creature mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. And that goes for a lot of cards because there's so many thousands of cards now in existence. Right. So we were like, well, how can we come up with a way to play like that would utilize all these extra cards that we have now that we're never going to put in a deck because they're not mm-hmm. cutting-edge cards anymore? Sure. Um, so... I actually have, like, I think it's, you know, the long boxes for those cards. I think it's uh, 29 boxes I have. Wow. And it is every, it's really every, almost every card that has ever come out for Magic. Um, really? You have represented. Compl- like, what are the ones you're missing? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a sec. Uh, because sure. there's a reason the ones I'm missing, uh, that I'm missing. But, um, yeah. so I, I play one of every card. And then if it's destruction, you know, if it destroys creatures, destroys, it destroys other cards, let's say. And not get too into it. I put four yeah. in. Okay, so if it's a counter okay. spell or something that destroys things, I put in four, and that balances it uh, sure. quite a bit. And then yeah. the way we play, instead of having to make a deck, I wanted people to be able to come over and just like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. So, so literally, I will deal out fifteen cards to everybody, whoever's playing. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, out of that fifteen, they choose five to keep, just to give them a little head, you know, a little. Let me design it a little bit so I don't get a handful yeah. of shitty cards. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we have our land separate. So we don't even make the lands part of the, you know, oh, I drew a land when I don't want one. And you can draw land anytime you want as opposed to, mm. you know, on your draw. You want a land, draw, draw out of the basic lands. Um, sure. And the randomness is really fun because every card's represent, represented in there. So if you get a card, 
and it's a classic card or whatever. Like you literally got the only one out of 30,000 plus cards. Ah, okay. And if you get a combo, you know, two cards that work well together, it's, it's just more amazing. And it does happen because you clearly didn't plan it. You didn't set your deck up that way. It's just like, oh my God, you got those two cards together. Unbelievable. So the only cards that aren't in there are the cards that inherently don't work in that style. So uh, there are cards that, for instance, I would search your library and remove cards from your library to, to hinder your deck, right? To handicap mm, your deck. Okay. Well, that doesn't work in this because the library is 30,000 cards. <laughs> right. So right. it would be irrelevant okay. if I take three cards out of there. It wouldn't do anything. So those kinds of cards are not in there, and that's a small percentage sure. of magic cards. Everything else is in there. That's cool. Yeah, that, that sort of idea of like giving them the five and uh, passing it, I mean, that's why drafting card games are fun, if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. And, Absolutely. Uh, I mean the deck builder where you're um uh you're building from scratch. I mean yeah, it's I love the um cuz I have a game called Marvel Legendary which is a deck building game. Okay. Um, and I have every expansion. I I think there are like nice. 20 plus expansions. I have them all in three four five giant boxes and I have an app that randomizes it so that every time you play the game it's five different characters and these villains or whatever and it just combine and it's always okay. a different thing every time. Yeah. And the fun of it is, you know, seeing, okay, like I've never played with this combination of cards before, but what, what can, and you just see like, oh, but if I played this, like, um, Spider-Man with so-and-so Iron Man in this case, oh, like this is a weird combo, but actually it works really well. Like, yeah, I love discovering the links that you never would have like thought of if you were just, um, you know, choosing very carefully. Like, I like that randomness, like, like what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I agree. You have to look over so many cards if you're making a deck because you, obviously you're choosing the best out of everything. Sure. You know, and I'm going to, if I need a couple of cards, I'm going to go on eBay or, or go to Frankenson's, a local, you know, like trade show and, and pick them up for sure. a deck. But, uh, so, and I do that also, but it is nice to have that randomness. And with that, um, you know, my cube, if you will, you can do drafts out of it. You can do any mm. of those styles of random like you're talking about. I can just give everybody a hundred cards and say, make a 60 card deck out of it. Sure. So we can do it any way that we, whatever we feel like doing. But I like the idea of like, boom, all the, here we go. Boom, it's set up here. Let me deal out 15 uh, cards to everybody. And then we spend about five to 10 minutes choosing our cards and getting our lands. And then it's like, okay, roll. Who's first? And I like that. You don't have to have any, you don't have to own any cards. You can come over and just play. Nice, nice. Now, I guess besides magic, um, what are some, I guess, hobbies or interests of yours that, um, most people maybe wouldn't know about right away. Like, what 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 are some of your hobbies and interests that maybe most define you? Um, most, <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because I'm such I'm such a uh, you know collector at heart. Like at sure. this point in my uh, life and stuff, my uh, career keeps me fairly busy. Uh, being a dad keeps me fairly busy. So a lot of uh, you know, my hobbies now, you know, when I'm not, you know, like I love like the Marvel films. I love going to see those films and the mm-hmm. family's into that stuff and, and just doing things with the family. But, um, uh, you know, I used to scuba dive, like I haven't done that in forever, but I do, mm-hmm. I'm a collector at heart. So the other thing I do is I collect vinyl, I collect vinyl oh, records okay. and I'm, gotcha. you know, I'm super into that. So I, I mean that I'd have to say that does define me to some degree. How many do you have ish? If you know the count, well, I think I somewhere between two and three thousand records. Okay. I think I've got, um, but I have a very specific 
Uh, like a lot of people are like DJs, you know, and, and they have a, a huge, you know, extensive record collection. I am more of a like, um, I collect like in really as, as pristine condition as I can get. Mm. And I'm a big Prince fan. So my whole collection mm. is all Prince or Prince related, meaning songs oh, okay. written by Prince. So, you know, there's a Kenny Rogers song that Prince wrote. So I have that Kenny Rogers album, you know, I have a couple versions of it. Cindy Lauper did a song by Prince. Stevie Nicks did a song by Prince. You know what I mean? So it, Celine yeah, Dion yeah. did a song by Prince. Uh, obviously, Sinead O'Connor, uh, the, the Bangles. So all those mm-hmm. are included in there. And then the obvious, like The Time and Sheila E and Vanity Six and some offshoot groups of his, like Madhouse and The Family and, and all his stuff. So that's, a, that's a, nice. fun, a fun thing for me to collect. But it, I'll never get it all. That's the thing. Magic, you can get most of it. But uh, records, it's just, it's one of those collections you have to resign yourself to. Like, you know what? I'm never going to get all of this because it's just, there's too much out there. I mean, even if you're just uh, confining it to Prince-related things alone, it's still impossible, you think? It is. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. There's a lot of people think, well, how many, what does he have? You know, he's got, you know, 40 albums or whatever. And so there would be those 40 albums uh, sure. and then all the singles that came out. Sure. And then all the, uh, you know, the, the 12 inches and the 7 inches. Mm. Uh, then it would also be... Um, all the promotional records that came out, 12 inch and seven inch and LPs. So the ones that were just made only for radio DJs, that kind of thing. Um, And then that's just America. So then it would be all the same stuff from Canada. Oh, wow. All the same stuff from the Philippines, all the same stuff from Japan, all the same stuff from uh, France, Italy, Germany, the UK in general, Ireland, you know, South Africa. Like it's like, (laughs) there's no way. You can never so have it all. you count every possible version, every language, everything. Yeah. Well, the language, I mean, you know, the, it, it's not that the language changes, but it would be from a different, you know, released in a different country. Sure. There may be a different language on the cover. Obviously, if you buy a, a Japanese record, you know, there, there's going to be a Japanese, you know, writing, obviously, all over the record. But the music will be the same, right, generally right, speaking. Right. But there may be an exclusive promotional item that was only released in Japan. And they made mm. 500 copies of it in 1984. So I it's see. it's procuring a copy of that that's in decent condition and throwing that into your collection. Do you have a most prized uh, one? What's the most prized possession in that in that collection? Uh, yeah, it's a few. or a favorite. Yeah, you know, yeah. I guess I have to go have... the favorite. There's not. I don't have. I mean, there's. I mean, there, there's a there's there's a couple that I'm like really would love to get. But uh, you know, one of the things I got actually fairly recently, which is pretty cool was, uh, for his song, little red Corvette. Mm. Uh, I got a U.S. for the U S promo. I got what's called an acetate. Mm. And, uh, when they're pressing vinyl, they will first press something called an acetate, which they, to make, to simplify it, they basically use to make other records on occasion. They, on occasion, they may, if they're in a rush, they may get, rush it out to a DJ or something so okay. that they can play it that day. Now, an acetate only has so many plays on it. It's not designed to play over and over, and it's, it's one-sided. The other side mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't play. That's just the way that it's made. So to make two sides of a record, you need you know, two acetates. But, um, so I, I picked up an acetate for that. So it's for one specific album. You know, there's probably, I can't imagine there's more than 100 a, a of them, if I'm being generous floating mm-hmm. around out there in the world. And it's not really something you put on your list. To, like, I'm going to get all of these acetates because you, you won't. <laughs> if yeah, you get one, right. you're lucky and you go, cool, look at this. You know, you know, like all those records I have, I've probably got like five acetates. Sure. 
They're, you know, they're just not something you can just go to the store and go like, yeah, give me three of your newest assets. Just <laughs> right, yeah. You've got to be pretty lucky and you've got to be willing to you know, sometimes spend the money if you're not, you know, if you run into them. Because you won't see them again. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the thing. Or you're unlikely to. It's not like you go, eh, oh, that looks cool, but it's $50 too high for me. I'll wait till another one comes around. It's like, well... Another one might, but not of that same thing. Like that's probably not going to come yeah. around again. So you either, see, you, if you are, if you're able, you got to snatch it up when you can. If you want it, yeah, you can. Of if course, say it. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's not the kind of thing that you go like, eh. You know, I'll wait. <laughs> you, you just yeah. got to go. Oh, that's another on one. Hey. I'll get it later. Yeah, no. Right, right. It. Somebody can somebody get this off the wall for me because I, I need to <laughs> get this right now. This is mine <laughs> for me. No one else. Yeah, totally. <laughs> gotcha. So. um I, I, it's because so, it's interesting because I collect stuff as well, but like not to the extent, not to that extent. A lot of my collecting is based around, um, wanting to, uh, pl- like for board games specifically, like play, play as many new ones as I can. I'm always, that's always my hunt. Uh, I love I that. recently, uh, pl- passed the thousand mark in terms of board games played. Woo! Um, which, uh, yeah, it took a while, but I, I finally did it, and I'm going. I'm shooting for two thousand now. But okay, uh, so so you've passed playing a thousand board games. Is this a specific yes. thousand or just a thousand in general? A thousand in general. Uh, one of the goals with the, uh, is the top hundred on Board Game Geek, which is like the ultimate website for board game ranking. Like cool, playing the top hundred is a goal, but uh, and I still haven't gotten to that yet because some of those games. Are legacy games which take like weeks to play. You got to play them like <sighs> yeah, leave them like the table. 10, t- 10 times, twelve times to fully. And so I'm working on that this I year. I'm that, planning though. to get through a bunch of those. Uh, I finished one called Clank Legacy, which is a very good deck building one. Uh-huh. It was a great game. Played I think ten different sessions, and finally did that. Check that off the list. Uh, and I'm hoping to crack through more uh, this year as well. That's um, awesome. I got a question for you. So yeah, yeah. On your thousand plus, your just your list, your master list. What mm-hmm. is the um, to what level of? I don't know if this is the right simplicity. I want to say shittiness, but I mean, to what level mm-hmm. down does that? Do you count? Like when you do you count? I mean, shoots and ladders is definitely a board game. Is that yeah, one of your? That. Okay, awesome. Yeah. Is there a? Is there a? Is <laughs> is there one that doesn't quite make it? Like, is there a point where like, no, don't break the ice is not really a board game, like, or it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, no, I know exactly what you mean. I think all kids' games count. I don't, okay. I don't play a lot of kids' games anymore, but I did well, count. Course, yeah. I, I, I try to remember back to all the kids' games I grew up with as a kid, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and I counted all those as well. I, okay. I cataloged all of them in in the website because all all these are on Board Game Geek. So like, you know, you got your monopolies and all that stuff. And yes, I counted all that. Oh, cool, um, cool, cool. And even a lot of like, you know, like card games like even like um uh public domain card games will still count on there okay uh so i i, I would say the only stuff that doesn't count quote unquote is maybe when it gets become more becomes more like miniatures games like like your warhammer or okay uh, all right things like fair that. enough like i think so that's hero clicks is not a board game for you hero clicks might Actually, uh, let me check. Is it on the website? Like, I don't know. I, those those might be. I mean, it is um, a miniature game, so I mean, it's not you know. Oh wait, no. So I'm sorry. Miniature games, miniatures games count, um, but not all of. The, it really depends on how it is, because some of them also veered more towards tabletop. And I see. I'll, and like um, 
like anything that's like straight up like just Dungeons and Dragons or straight mm-hmm. from a book, uh, I don't think that counts. Uh, right, that's, I gotcha. That's more in the tabletop realm. So it, it really depends on where it falls. Like if it has, you know, dice and other things, and then it is a board game. Uh, nice. But uh, if it is more of a, let's say, D&D type experience, uh, there, I mean, there are D&D board games, but I wouldn't call D&D itself a board game. Uh, there has to be some level of, there is com- there are components that yeah. you buy with the experience to to do so. so yeah, um, you know what, what board game I used to love back in the day was, a, yeah. and I know you know it because you know everything, is Dark Tower. Do you, know, do you know what's very funny is I just played the remake of that like two days ago. Oh, how is it? How's the remake of it? Did you see that they did that? I saw it. It somehow it knew, and of course on Instagram it popped up like Kickstarter. We're doing this, yeah. um, you know, months ago. But uh, I mean, I assume they would have got. I assume it would be better to be honest, unless they were trying to change the game itself, because you know technology has only advanced at this point. Right. Uh, it was it was quite fun. Uh, a friend of mine brought it over. Uh, the actual tower itself is very impressive. You. It you know rotates, it lights up, it makes sound effects, and mm-hmm. uh, it's all controlled by an app now. Uh, oh wow! And the, app, and the app runs all the quests for you, so it'll like you drop a skull in the tower, and it'll like light up and do a sound, and oh, the quest appears on the phone, and it shows you what happens, and you just do everything <laughs> that way. Oh um, shit! I think I, I think I'm gonna. I think they sold one. I think you just sold one for them. <laughs> I think you would re- if you like the original game. I think you'll really get it because I, you know, they got some very good designers as well. Because this is um, let me just double check the uh, creators of this. I'm pretty sure it's Restoration Games. Um, if you are familiar with that company, um, their yeah, Restoration Games. Their whole gimmick uh-huh. is they take old games, you know, classic games people love. Uh, from like 80s, 90s, and they remake them with better rules, uh, better art, and just re- re-release them. Oh, I uh, love it. That's great. So, and they do great. Like they, I know um, a very popular one from a while back was Fireball Island, if you know what that one is. Uh, I, I don't think I know Fireball Island. Fireball Island is a very silly, it's from the 80s. It's uh-huh. a game where it, it's, it has this magnificent giant board, uh, like... And and these like red uh, lava marbles that shoot out of this little toy cave, and if it hits your little piece, you fall over and things like that. Like it's <laughs> it's a very silly kids game. Yeah. Um. But the presentation of it is pretty great. Like even back in the eighties, and so they took yeah. that game, you know, made a nice, impressive like uh big board out of it, and they changed, they updated the rules so that it's up to quote unquote board game current board game player standards you know it's right. not just like like you know just give it some cards and improve it a bit and then it's actually like a a pretty fun game um ah, i love that i love yeah, that return of dark tower i uh uh we lost at the very last second uh to the to the final boss but oh. i did enjoy it quite a bit i thought the presentation was great i think um yeah if you if you like that game you should uh you should grab a copy. I yeah, think you'll I get a big I think I, I think I will. I think I'm going to splurge and yeah. go for it. Now, do you have a, a holy grail of uh, board games that uh, that you don't have yet or that you do have, either one? Mm, interesting. Like, in terms of what I, like, like, I can't get it and I want it or one I want to play? Well, 
It could be either one. I'm curious about like if there's a physical game that you don't own, maybe because it's a classic. Like, I don't know if you would pick up a classic board game because it's classic, or you just want the newest representation of mm. that game. Um, For me, it's more important just being able to play it. So right. if I can play an updated version, I don't need to play the original, quote unquote, like version. Like that's not my collecting style in terms of like, right. oh, I gotta have the you know. But right, right. I, I say that. But if Board Game Geek is separate, because sometimes it classifies the two versions as different games. Mm-hmm. So then I have to play them both to count it. Like on the mm-hmm. top 100, there's a game called Twilight Imperium. I don't know if you've heard of this game. No. Uh, well, now I have. Massive, massive space empire game. It's had four editions. Wow. Uh, and it's in its in its life. The first one came out. Oh, when did it come out? Like nineteen, like like and uh, late nineties. Uh, so it's it's been around for a bit. Um, and it has third edition and fourth edition in the top hundred. And for me, I have to play both versions for it to count. Otherwise, it doesn't count. Otherwise, so, you can't you can't mark off Twilight Imperium. Nope, I got I can I can cross off the edition I played, mm-hmm. but if I don't play both, it doesn't count. And I've done that. I've played like different versions of games. Uh. That's that's what's nice about some like board game lounges or cafes. You can find older copies of stuff and yeah. um, play it that way. Because uh, <clears throat> problem with board games is a lot of stuff gets out of print, um, which yeah, um, and probably some like of it prohib- should be. <laughs> yeah, not to a prohibitively expensive thing, but enough where I'm like, do I want to play this game like that bad, or can I like find someone who plays? Because for me, it's more important to just play it than to necessarily own it. But then again, I've definitely bought stuff. Just because, fuck it, I need to play it, and yeah. I don't care how much it costs. I just, I'll just get it. Um, but right. luckily, with games, it's not like a crazy, uh, uh, prohibitively expensive hobby. Uh, no, I would think of, like, not for most of the ones. Most of the hot games, like if it's popular and people still want to play it, like you said, they're they're gonna reissue it, and then uh, you can go to a swap meet if you want to play like Nancy Drew's, you know, whatever, or the Duran Duran board game. You might find sure. those there, and then you're going to have to throw down five bucks if you even care to play it. They're clearly not on the top 100 list. Um, For me, I love any game I will play once. I love... Oh, I like, love this. I, was, yeah, I love that. That's so great. I, I was talking about this, not that, like, pretty recently, like, uh, someone was asking about it, like, oh, like, do you... What happens if you play, like, a bad game? For me, it's like, it's, well, I played it, and it's, it's, it's like this and food. I will try any food once. Right. Yeah, Even that makes if I sense. Think it thinks it looks disgusting, and I'm I'm not a picky guy at all. Like I will try literally anything. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so if I like it, great. And if I don't like it, I think it's a funny story or experience to share later on. You know, like oh, like I've had that. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. so with board games, it's the same thing. I played some real fucking stinkers, but <laughs> one, it, it makes it makes you appreciate better the games. Dylan. Yeah. And, you know, if someone asks about it, I'm like, yeah, I play that one. Yeah, it sucks. Like, I can authoritatively. Yeah. That's sort of, that's the way I'm all about with my hobbies is I want to, like, not in a snobby way, but I like being knowledgeable and on top of, like, oh, yeah, like, I want to experience as much of it as possible. Because uh, then it's fun to talk to people about stuff. Like, oh, yeah, I have played that. Oh, mm-hmm. have you played this? You know, oh, yeah, that one's real better. This one's better. You know, I, or you should try this one. Um, I'm... I, I just get that's that's when I know I've really fallen in love with a uh, a hobby of mine is if I get to that that point of like what what else can I play what else can I consume you know yeah no that's great I can I can really appreciate that that's very that's very cool I usually get uh 
I find a lot of board games just very daunting to start. I mean, not just mm. the average ones, but you know what I mean? I mean, obviously some are very complex. You've got to really sit down and read the instructions. Yeah. And then sometimes the setup, especially the first time, you're like, oh, this is one of those. Like, this is serious. I got to mm-hmm. spend, you know, 40 minutes setting up this board to make sure I figure sure. everything out. And of course, if it's new, you got to, you know, everything's got to be taken out <laughs> just right. And you got to rip the yeah. little pieces out of the cardboard. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that. I can see ah, that's so great, though. I love that you're so into those and you must have an, a very extensive collection. Yeah, right now I, I, I'm trying to keep it to a clean around 200 uh, right. ish. Like uh, I I want to I don't want to get to a point where I'm just keeping stuff just to keep like I do mm-hmm. want to have a, a collection of like these are the 200 and all of them are ones I want to pl- like I'm going to play, play again. again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I give away a lot of games very frequently just like hey anybody want games and I just send them over one that you know it helps get rid of the clutter and two hey my friend has it now so if uh i want to play it again i can go hey just bring it over you know yeah yeah Um, yeah and you you basically you want to have like a really nice game library of like all what do you want to play these are all excellent games as opposed to like check it out i've got two thousand board games here's the scooby-doo game and here's you know uh, you know, these that we're never going to play, they're just a thing. Like, did you know they made this game? You know, so that makes sense. That I can respect. I like seeing people's, because I love collecting too, and I love yeah. seeing people's collections. I just don't have the space, but also, uh, well, it's mainly because I don't have the space. Like, board games are so fucking big. <laughs> like, I, there's, there's no, like, I would have to get, like, a storage, a separate storage yeah. unit to justify that. Like, I do admire collections like that. Um, but I, I just can't do it. Um, right. And also, I'm too busy playing the new playing the new stuff. I will. I'm sure at some point I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, I've played everything <laughs> that I've wanted to play, uh, and I can just keep up with the new stuff. And then maybe I can, you know, relax a bit and uh, build up the collection a little bit more. But as it is right now, I, I I'm I'm I just play too many new stuff that I can't just by keeping too many games around. Right. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes um, sense. But I'm like you. I can appreciate really any collection. If you're passionate about it, I mean, mm. it doesn't take much on a lot. Like a board game, I would be just, I would look at it immediately and be like, whoa, okay, uh, what's this? Tell me. You know, I would be into it. Yeah. Because uh, I can always appreciate But even if it was something, you know, like I don't care about bottle caps, for example. You know what I mean? Like that's sure. not something on its own. But if mm. you had a great bottle cap collection and, and you were willing to share with me like why these are rare... And what mm-hmm. makes them rare and how they're graded. And I don't know that stuff. And I would be totally fascinated by it. I wouldn't probably take up that hobby, but I would be like, no way. That's super cool. Like, I thank you for sharing that with me. And I, I could appreciate your really rare items f- for the reasons you told me they were rare. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like, I love learning about that stuff. Like, if I if I encountered someone who had a sort of a, a bottle cap collection, I'd just be like, okay, well, like, what are the what are the rare ones or what? what for you makes like a your favorite like what are your favorite kinds like i like any kind of hobby that i you know like you said i'm not going to take up bottle cap collecting but Mm -hmm. i like learning about it i like hearing about it i want to know these things like and and then sometimes it's very handy like you've kind of reminded me like uh i have a friend who's like really knowledgeable about soda (laughs) okay so uh have you have you heard of uh galco's uh no galco's is a uh it's a soda pop shop uh, in L.A. All right. Uh, it's 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 uh, like Highland Park. And basically it just it's a it's a huge store filled with 
every kind of soda from all kinds of countries you can imagine. Okay. Uh, and so uh, he recommended it to me, and I went there, and it was awesome. Like, I bought a bunch of soda just because I was like, I've, what is this? Like, uh, you know, these strange flavors or ones that from, like, yeah. the... Oh, it's pretty big. Like, I'm uh, looking at it online right now. It's like a yeah, supermarket, yeah, yeah. but it's all soda. Yeah, it's 700 different sodas. Um, oh, wow. Like, all different countries. Uh, old old style sodas that you would never find in a, um, a regular grocery store. Uh, right. I'd say it's worth going to at least once just to look around, get some, get a couple sodas. I mean, I bought a lot of, I bought like a whole box, but yeah. Uh, and so I texted him and I was like, just tell me what, what are like the must try sodas? Like I, that uh, is cool. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I always think I will love, check it out. Yeah, no, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it's styled in this, like a, like a classic 50s Italian grocery store. Like it's very cute. So yeah um yeah, yeah that's cool i, I don't drink a it, ton of soda anymore but but that actually works in this place's advantage because if i'm going to it'd be mm-hmm. kind of cool just to have like i wouldn't want to buy a bunch of do they sell them like solo do you have to get a six you can pack buy everything? yeah you can just buy one bottle each yeah yeah yeah. because yeah, i'd probably mm-hmm. pick out like 25 or whatever my faves and just get one of each of those so mm-hmm. that you know i'm <laughs> not big on wine I, just like someone would have a wine cellar i would <laughs> throw a bunch of a you know, 30 different sodas that I just want to try once into Hell my, yeah. my uh, fridge outside. And, and then every time I was like, I want a soda, I'd be like, oh, this is fun. Because they get to go, yeah. mm, let's see, what do we want to do? Ooh, this one from the Philippines looks cool. You know, let's try that. It was a very fun few weeks after that. Yeah, because like I was just be like, mm, I'll try it. Mm, I don't know what this is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very, I, I love that shit. Um, awesome. Now, uh, I, I like to give uh, the guests an opportunity, if you'd like. Is there a, a question for me you'd like to ask or a topic you'd like to bring up? Is there, oh, I don't know that I even uh, thought about a topic, like something I want to talk well, about right you, now. Well, you have a uh, question or anything. My question you know. is, well, from what I, I knew about you, because we had talked about the board game, so that was really the, that holy grail thing, but it sounds like it's, it, you know, it's not that type of collection, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That they wouldn't, you know, like you could get whatever game you wanted in some capacity. It's not that hard to get. Right. Um, I mean, that was, I think that was my main thing. And we kind of talked about what some of the good games I actually bought. You had suggested a game for me. We just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. It was a good four player. I'm trying to remember something islands or something. Forbidden Island. That's it. Forbidden Island. So it's still sealed. Uh, we have it. I just I actually rearranged all my board games when we got it and uh, we just haven't had a chance to sit down with the family because that, that was the idea is to play mm. to play and then the kids also got a bunch of other little board games uh and we, we were Any, playing some of those or what, what were some of the ones you played recently with them uh my youngest got uh let's see what it's called it's, it's like mickey and the beanstalk or something like that it's one of those games okay. it's a two two level game you set up the beanstalk up high that's really just for looks it's not a very complicated game but it is sure. one of those games where up to four players play as a team against oh, the okay. giant and yeah. uh you don't win every time which is what i like about those kind of games and we can all go mm. oh we were so close uh, we'll play again later and uh and that's you know really makes it more satisfying when you when you do win sure sure you know so it's not um, a difficult game to play but sometimes you know it doesn't work out for you your spins are not so good and you're like yeah. oh i guess yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna make it this time the giant wins we lose sure sure uh, how how old are your kids? Um, They're ten and six. Gotcha. So uh, the Forbidden Island, I think it was. I think it, the youngest was older than six. Not that much. It was like maybe eight, maybe. 
uh, but we haven't broken it out yet. So I'm going to break that out and, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll try it and see. And if my six-year-old is like, what is going on? Then, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll just play the, you know, the rest of the family at some point just to try it once. I'm looking at this Mickey and the Me- I, uh Presentation-wise, it's pretty great. Like, it, I, I love how this looks. No, it looked it looks great. It's it's it doesn't take a lot of setup. You know, once you sure. have it set up, you're like, I mean, you're like, oh, I can put this together really quickly. No big deal. Um, it's very easy. There's there is some strategy, but it's very simple. I mean, for, you know, someone who's a gamer like you. But I just mean, sure. it's not just do whatever. There is some strategy as to which direction you should go and where you should move to and what you should get first. If you really are trying to not get caught by the giant, there's slight. But for a kid, it's decent strategy. I don't yeah, think that yeah. my kids figured it out. I usually go like, ah, you want to land here because <laughs> <laughs> right. he can't get you next time. And no matter what he happens, he can't get you next turn. So go there, go there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, these, these are the types of games that, like, um, you know, get, get people, the good memories from these types of games as children is what get people back into the hobby, I think, as adults. It's like, oh, I want to kind of have that experience I had, like, playing games as, with the family as a kid. and these cool looking games and uh, you can get that experience just on an adult scale now, which is nice. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I like, uh, I, I'm a big fan of um, Monopoly Jr. <laughs> not, mm. not because it's an amazing game, but yeah. uh, for everyone who's played Monopoly and uh, you know how the game goes on forever and there's all this bargaining and I'll trade you this and I, I'll mortgage that and I get more money and I can, now I can pay you and blah. And it just never ends. Oh, my God. They've made Monopoly Jr. Like, it is like a 15, 20-minute game. And uh, I love that. And you could always extend the game because all you would do is give people more money to start. Mm-hmm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So it's just like, but yeah, I love yeah. the idea that you can go. Because with kids, it's, it's basically Monopoly. So it's as fun as Monopoly is. It doesn't get as complicated. Like, it's one of those sure. things, everything you land on, you have to buy. So you're more likely to lose because you land on something and you can't afford it. There's no trading. Mm. There's no, you're like, done. I can't afford it. I'm out. Last person still in wins. Uh, Period. Uh, But I do like the idea that it's, you're not in for like five hours and you're not screaming at your grandma at the end of it. Like, God damn it, grandma. Right. Please give me a loan. Yeah. It's a pretty miserable experience if you're playing classic (laughs) Monopoly. So I I think a shorter (laughs) version would be better. It's funny. I, I grew up with an old... I'm looking at it right now on on uh, Google Images. A a 1991 Junior travel game version of Monopoly Junior. I grew up with that. I used to play it in the car all the time. Uh, yeah. Now was that Monopoly that, Junior the same style as I'm talking about? Did they have it that that far back? Yeah, yeah. Monopoly Junior has been around for a while, and it's always uh, been that same thing where whatever you land on, you have to get. There's no trades. Yeah, you know? pretty much. See, yeah, I went. I just, never played that as a kid. I don't know if they had a Junior when I was a kid. I just went straight mm-hmm. to the regular one, and that. Ugh. Yeah, I had I had classic Monopoly too, but uh, I I just I don't know where I got it, but this little classic travel one you could play, just little pegs on a board that you could play with. I just and tiny little money. It, oh my uh, god, I played I played a lot of that. Um, that's great. Now, is there? How about that? Is there a game that you played as a kid? That mm. you would want to have memory-wise, like you'd want, or that you do own, not because it's a great game, not because it's one of the top 100, but like, I used to play this with my family, and so I got a copy of it, and I have a oh, you know, decent-looking, okay. just as like a memory thing, like, there it is, that's the one that started it all, or whatever the case is. Uh, I don't own it, but a game that would fit that bill is um, 13 Dead End Drive. Do you know what that is? 
<laughs> I think I've seen the commercials. It sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know uh, that I played it, but it sounds like I think I've seen that commercial. Uh, the commercials were pretty memorable. They had very horrifying Muppet Muppet things that screamed as stuff killed them, basically. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's funny. I was just talking um, to Ray Chase because we both loved this game as a kid. It is a uh, you're in a man, you are in a mansion and uh-huh. you're moving these people around uh, and you're trying to kill other people off so that you get like the fortune or whatever. And in, in I'll show you I'll show you a picture. In, in I'm looking it up. Here. I'm gonna look it up right oh, now. Oh, you're looking it up. Yeah, it has these traps. So if you put them like uh, under the chandelier, you press a little thing and the chandelier falls and knocks them over. Or you put them on top of the stairs. They fall down the stairs like a, a oh my like god a night a suit of armor falls on them. They go on the bookshelf. The little lever knocks the ladder over. So it had this great toy value of it's so entertaining just watching the you know the things the traps work. Uh, and the actual game itself was like you know de- pretty pretty fun for you know what it was like. Uh, I loved that game. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it. Looks cool. I never played it because now that I'm seeing it, I, mm-hmm. I definitely saw the commercial for it whatever that was yeah because that's how i know it because it's definitely not one of the ones that i'm like oh yeah yeah i remember playing that thing sure um oh, that's great I have, I have a question for you so yeah. besides the besides the magic and um the vinyl stuff so all that nerdy uh, shit of, out, outside the realm of collecting <laughs> i guess is like is there yeah is there something that you are like super knowledgeable or obsessed with on that sort of nerd scale of like oh and it can be like, you know, I have a friend who, like, remembers, like, every, co- like, toy commercial, right? I have a friend who, you know, like, things like that. Is there something that, like, useless, quote-unquote, useless information? Although, to me, it's not useless. I think I find it fascinating. Uh, yeah, I store a like lot that, of that, yeah. a lot of useless information. I love, like, old, you know, jingles for just anything. They're mm. all, they're almost all in my head. So, like, I can, you know, sing, like, tab, tab, cola, what a beautiful drink. And I can <laughs> sing, like, you know, diet, Pepsi. I can sing all these silly ridiculous soda commercials and you know all that stuff and it, it it's lame because i have such a hard time remembering things i want to remember i mean i struggle with that sometimes <laughs> i literally do and i yeah. ha- i have what yeah what i generally consider to be you know useless pop culture information i love old uh i was a big saturday morning cartoon kid mm. um anything you know i was probably watching you know much later than my age would have deemed appropriate uh, but, but any of that stuff. So whether it was like old, you know, old anime, like, you know, Kimba, the white lion or mm-hmm. uh, Marine boy or battle of the planets, speed racer, like all that, uh, trans or Z, like all those things. <clears throat> and then everything like the dungeons and dragons cartoon or uh, mighty Orbots, just like ridiculous stuff that most people don't remember, whether it's like the Rubik's cube cartoon or the dungeons, uh, not dungeons and dragons, the, uh, uh, or dragon's lair cartoon or mm-hmm. just everything. I just watched all, you know. It's 20 different versions of Scooby-Doo growing up, like, you know, all that stuff. So that stuff's so, very fresh in my brain. <laughs> what, when you say you were watching it way past what is, quote-unquote, like, age-appropriate, like, like what's, the, what are the, what's the latest cartoons you remember watching still, like, on TV? Well, like, I still watch a lot of cartoons now, but, I mean, you know, I, you know I've watched a lot of SpongeBob. Uh, mm. I watch a lot, you know, truthfully, because of the kids now. You know, mm. the girls will watch stuff and and really to do voiceover, you know, you should pay some attention yeah, yeah. to the trends of, you know, what's going on. So, sure. so I do some of that um, and they help, which is good, especially as mm. their tastes get, you know, a little bit older. My 
<laughs> my 10-year-old just started really getting into anime on her own, separate from me, mm, which is kind of okay. cool. So she's going to, uh, you know, eventually she'll turn me on to other shows yeah, yeah. that I haven't even uh, started watching yet. But that's, that's really fun. But uh, yeah, have no, I watched. Have your kids seen anything uh, you're in yet? Yeah, they've seen a lot. It's funny they have a, um, they don't have a, a, re- <laughs> a realistic view of the percentage of uh, entertainment that I'm involved in because uh-huh. I always threw anything at them that I worked on. If they didn't like it, they didn't like it. I mean, then sure. we didn't watch it, but they liked a good chunk of it. So it's funny because it's not going to be a good representation of reality. But as they grow up, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, my dad was in everything." Because mm. I threw that stuff at them. I yeah. was like, hey, check this out. Watch this one. Do you like this one? <laughs> hey, that's your daddy, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. So they're going to be Do like, yeah, hey, is it a favorite? Um, like, out see. of the stuff you've been in, they're like, this, this slaps. This is great. This hey, is. Man, they've gotten into a few different things. I'm trying to think. They liked, they both really liked uh, Glitter Force when that came mm. out on uh, Netflix. They were big mm-hmm. on that. Uh, my daughter, uh, my Lily, my older daughter, was into a show called Fresh Beat Band of Spies, which was uh, the Fresh Beat Band. It was their cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the younger one was a little too young right then. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, right now, I just started watching Hunter Hunter with my 10-year-old because she's already watching Demon Slayer and all this, okay. all this other yeah. anime. Not like super adult, but like, you know, that she, she's gotten over the blood thing. Sure. Which is recent. Like I was, we would watch like a Miyazaki film and she loves Miyazaki films. But then, you know, if there was a a blood scene and which wasn't terrible, but it was, you know, enough for her to go, whoa, okay, I don't want to watch this. And now she's like, now she's like, dad, it's, I know it's not real. Like it's, it's fine. She doesn't doesn't want you to turn it off. It's fine. I can deal with it. And she means it. Uh, You know, I would never force her to watch anything she was not ready to do, but she started watching that with me and it's cool because I'm limiting that to for now, at least with me. So I get the experience with her. Cause she has her own, she loves my hero academia. She does that on her own. Mm, sure. Um, so this one, but it's great. Cause she'll be like, Hey dad, can we watch some of uh, Hunter Hunter tomorrow? And I'm, and it's just, it's nice because I was like, let me get into this. Cause I think it's important as your kids get into different things. If it's something you can get into with them and be yeah. part of that experience, because it gets harder and harder to bond, to continue bonding as they get older. Cause they're going to be inclined mm-hmm. to move away from you. Right, right. In a lot of ways. Like me and my friends, we do this. And, uh, and so I'll give her some shows so she can have those. Yeah, that's your anime. You know it. That's all you. And she likes to be the expert on it no more than me. Um, <laughs> but there's got to be a couple of shows that we're like, oh, yeah, we did that. She'll look back and be like, yeah, we watched that together. And she's liking that one, Hunter Hunter. And that's one that I'm into. So, Had you watched Hunter Hunter before this? Or is this your, kind of your first time as well? I had seen it, which is good because I, I'm a little, it makes me a little nervous when I'm, we're putting on something brand new, if it's kind of like TV mature or, or PG-13, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, cause you never really know. And then you're like, oh, what's about to happen? Oh God. So I've, I've seen most of the Hunter. I think towards the end, I missed, uh, I fell off a little bit mm, if I'm being totally honest, but, uh, but yeah, and it's plenty of episodes, but right, but right now I'm good. I'm comfy. I'm not really worried. There's a couple of, um, suggestive there's, I think there's one episode that's got a little bit of sexuality that's suggested. Mm. And at her age, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be uncomfortable. It's going to make me uncomfortable, her uncomfortable, or if it's going to go completely over her head. And she's Which just going to go, that guy's weird. About? He's weird. Are you, talking, are you talking about one of your scenes? One of my scenes. Exactly. So it's going to be my voice. I think I know voice. exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Well, actually. I'm worried about that. That's the only thing. We're not there yet. But I'm like, 
Are you because talking about the one during the tournament? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm like, um, yeah. so when we get to that, there's a good chance she'll just be like, he's weird. Like, yeah. why is he doing he, that? I don't get it. You know, he's really excited about something, but whatever. I don't know. <laughs> right, 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 right. Because she's not going to get all the little innuendos that he makes throughout. I don't yeah, think she's yeah, going to yeah. understand that fighting is like sex to this character. I think she's just going to go, wow, he really likes fighting. But the true test will be that <laughs> that Heaven's <laughs> Arena se- sequence. Because if she's like, whoa, uh, ugh, dad, then, then I know. Then I know. Maybe I'll just go get, make myself a coffee at that point. You keep watching, honey. <laughs> like, I, I gotta, I'm going to take off for a bit. Just, But keep watching. It's fine. I'm, yeah, I don't need to watch this part Absorb this you, on yeah. your own. I don't want to make it <laughs> worse for you because I'm sitting next to you and you're going, dad, what are you doing? Um, now they're, they're general when, when they do hear you, like what's their general reaction? Are they like, Oh, that's cool. Or they, do they not like, what's their sort of normal reaction to when they hear you in something? Or does that even register? It, it does. It does register Mm. with them. They can usually pick me out. Uh, I mean, most of the time they can pick me out and, Mm -hmm. uh, they enjoy it. They, they like it. Um, Mm. they both, it seems it's, it's weird because at this point, you know, it's been all their life. Uh, yeah. All their lives, I've been uh, doing that. So, uh, you know, I even, you know, they watched Sesame Street. I did a thing on Sesame Street. So, I mean, even when they were real little, they would be like, that's daddy. Um, so it it registers well with them and they like it so far. I'm sure their teenagers be like, oh, God. They're either going to go like, oh, God, or go the opposite. Like, you know who my dad is? <laughs> that's where my 10 year old is now. It, <laughs> it was pretty funny. We went to a, a park and we were we were playing at this park and she made a friend and then she came over, came over with her friend, and you know was like, "Hey, do do uh, do the hawk moth from Miraculous, do the do the voice." Mm. And, and then uh, and the other and her friend was like, "My dad's on Grey's Anatomy." You know, it was just funny because funny they were both <laughs> they were both like you know doing that whole thing together. Uh, sure. Yeah. So so far it's worked out well. I have a you know uh, an older son, and when he, when I was just starting, he was the one who was like not you know teenage, like ah whatever, you know I don't care, it's not important. Um, cause everybody, like you said, they go either, either direction. So sure. I, I feel like I paid my dues and right now with my daughters, they're still impressed with it. So I'll enjoy that for as long as that lasts. As long as they don't <laughs> right. need to be impressed. I just, hopefully they're not embarrassed. I, I'm enjoying that. They're mm. not like, ugh, whatever, you know? Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say though, it's very cool though, that, um, you're in like, you know, trying to participate and encourage, you know, their interests, like. You know, a lot, of, a, a lot of parents wouldn't, well, I'd also not say wouldn't, but just, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, and that's not something I could imagine, like, my parents, like, oh, we're going to watch, like, this anime together. Like, I think that actually would have been a very, like, cool experience. So, yeah. it, it's actually very rad that you're taking the time to do that. Thanks. Um, yeah, when I can, I will, because um, it's, it's, it's one of the things, you know, there are things that are just interests, and then there are things that children define themselves by. Sure. And she's currently like an anime girl. So she's wearing things. Mm. She's drawing drawings all over. You know, she's putting stickers on her thermoses at school. So yeah. she's defining herself that way. And if you think about it, most of the things you when you define yourself as you get older, you don't want your parents to have anything to do with, nor can they. Mm. Right. Like if you're like, oh, I'm very goth right now. You're you're, you're not going to let your parents like start dressing goth and be like, okay, <laughs> okay cool. We're goth, too. It's just not right. going to work. Sure. So um, if I see an opportunity for something that she's actually for a year or two going to define herself by, and I can mm-hmm. somehow be a part of that, then I'm, I'm 100% in. I'm going to jump in if, if I can without her sure. going, that's my space, Dad. And, yeah, and yeah, I will yeah. respect that when that happens. 
That's very cool. And uh, just just a warning, uh, if if they're like me, it may never go away. <laughs> like uh, we, I'm finding that more and more with as uh, with uh, my generation, later generations, and it's just like uh, it's just become part of the mainstream now. That's like, true. No, that's a good yeah. point. But but that goes to my point, which makes it all all the better to make that part of our bond that we could sit and watch. Because I she's been you know we watched Spirited Away when it came out together. You know what I mean? So I mean she's she's been watching anime. She just she didn't love it as anime. She was like, oh, this is a great film. Like yeah. The Little Mermaid is a great film. Now it's all like, oh, anime. Okay, like I get it. I know what anime is now and I like these specific ones, but it's all cool in general. So it was a natural progression and I'm just, it's an easy thing for me to clearly, you know, because I work in it so much, you know, to clear, and yeah, I love exactly. it. I grew up on it to participate sure. with her with. So I'm going to do that. Yeah, I guess a, a, a like a, a question for you then is, as someone who kind of grew up with it, do you have a let's say a, like an all time favorite? I'll ask that first. An all time favorite anime? Yeah, yeah, I do, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, like for me, my all time is is Robotech, mm, and okay. it, it yeah, has to do with how old I was at the time. I was just sure. in high school. And I remember it was on, you know, competed with uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe. Those were both on around the same time. And uh, it was very clear to me that, A, it was episodic, so it continued. It wasn't like it it did matter which episode in what order you watched. And that was not the normal in whatever Mm -hmm. it was, 82 or whatever. The norm was it's just just an episode. It doesn't, you know, continue sequentially. It's not like, oh, oh, now they're here. Now they're this. So so that was a big deal. And the and the. uh, Characters dying was a huge deal for me. You lose main yeah. characters in Robotech. And, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, we've all seen it a million times now. But at that time, if you watched a, uh, a helicopter explode on G.I. Joe, you always saw one or two parachutes coming <laughs> right. out of that. Yeah. And on mm-hmm. Robotech, you'd see the helicopter explode and they'd zoom in. And in the flame, you'd see the skeletons reaching for, like, <laughs> help. And they, you know, as they disintegrated. And, it, right. and I loved that as a kid. I was... That didn't freak me out. I was like that. It raised the stakes. Yeah. It made me so much more into this. And then it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a, a romance and a soap opera too. that show amidst all the sci-fi and the really cool animation and the transforming, you know, vehicles and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, hook, line and sinker for me was, was Robotech. I don't know that it's the best, but it's for me, oh, that, like my favorite. But for you, it's, it's close to your heart. Yeah. I, I a lot of I think that's also what resonated with uh, a lot of you know a kids anime uh, for a lot of people is like for me that would have been like like Digimon back in the day yeah you know, yeah or, you know yeah. things like like you said like characters dying for real and a real story that you know you paid attention to every week you know that you know you wanted to know you just got to know what happens next I mean that's it's kind of, that's the the great the great part of it and then I guess you said you keep up with it nowadays a bit as well a bit I, i'm far behind the amount of shows i'd like to watch i mean even my own shows which i which i try to watch because i feel like when i meet uh, you know fans of the show i can connect mm-hmm. better with them if i've also if watched the show familiar yeah well because i don't Do remember s- a lot from like you know it's it's very different to watch a series for me at least and connect mm-hmm. with those characters as characters and, and understand the show, the music, like everything, how it, how it flows together. And to go mm-hmm. in and watch little bits that only you're in 
Yeah. Voice mm-hmm. those as best as you can and yeah. and then do another show and then another show that day. And then the next day you do two other shows and the next day. And you know what I mean? And then and then people ask well, you, do you remember exactly that show? You yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I remember it. Uh, I remember the part I'm in and not that well because <laughs> that was like three years ago. Yeah. yeah three that's... years ago when I did, you know, six shows that week. Um, sure. So, so I like to, but even with that, like, you know, I haven't watched like Jujutsu, Jujutsu Kaisen. I haven't seen like there's a bunch and that's a very popular show. And I haven't really mm-hmm. sat down and watched that. So there's I have a lot of catching up to do. But I, you know, and like you were asking other favorites, like, like Death yeah, Note. But do you see stuff out too. when you even if you're not in it? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to but, watch. Yeah, that one like oh, Death okay. Note is one I was saying. Like, I loved Death Note. That was one of my faves. I could watch. Mm. I could always sit down and watch Death Note over. I could always. Nice. I love that. Uh, that series, um, but most series I'll go through once, and uh, yeah, I don't have to be in it. Like I said, I grew up on anime, and I haven't had the sure. privilege of being in a Miyazaki film, and I try to watch all of those. And yeah, 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 you know. So, so I, for I you, it's just it. it's it's something that you, it'll always, in some shape or form, whether it's working on it or watching with your kids or just watching on your own, it'll just be part of you in some way. Basically. Yeah, if it's a good show, it's a good show, and the style. Yeah, exactly. I, I fell in love with the style that is anime. Before I knew what it was when I was a kid and I was uh, in the 70s, literally, where I would have to tune my these ancient TVs where you'd put it on this weird channel and then tune it. And like, let me see if I can find something. There's fuzz. fuzz. Wait, wait, here's something. What is that? Oh, my God. It's a cartoon. It's animated. I'm going to watch it. And a lot of that was anime (laughs) that I would find. And uh, I was out on the East Coast at that point. And I didn't know what it was. Mm. I just knew it was amazing. And it looked different than Scooby-Doo. And it felt different than Scooby-Doo. And I loved it. I absolutely adored it, but I did like Scooby Doo too. Yeah, and 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 now you're and now you're working on it, so it's, it's, it's yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I know it's so funny. I would never. I never been. It wasn't even a, a dream of mine uh, mm-hmm. until it was basically until I was sure. uh, pursuing it. It wasn't like a kind of a thing that I was like, oh, when I grow up, <laughs> right. I know I had no clue. Damn. Whatsoever. Uh, well, well, this has been great. Uh, thank you, thank you very much for taking the time, man. Uh, I, I, I love talking about nerdy shit with people, uh, and I, I'm, I, I can always, I, I like seeing, especially a fellow collector, a uh, fellow, uh, you know, obsessive. It, it's always nice hearing different people's perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope, I hope what. Be too, it's, this pandemic is pretty shitty, but because uh, we're we're pretty we're still fairly locked down. I don't get out much, but I would love mm-hmm. at some point. I'd love to hang out with you and play some of these great games, and uh, I'd oh, love to show absolutely. you. Absolutely, know, if you ever want to play Magic, uh, whatever. Uh, either way, it's not sure. a it's not a one sided street. I either one would uh, entertain me equally. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah, you let me know whenever, and uh, you are totally welcome. I will I will show you some some good games. Um, oh, that would be awesome. Uh, now, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on, uh, well, I'm on the social media. Tw- uh, Twitter, I'm at SilverTalkie, Silver, T-A-L-K-I-E. Uh, just Keith, Sil- I think Keith Silverstein, voice artist on Instagram. And uh, you can find me on, I'm rarely ever on TikTok because it's, that's so addictive. I'm afraid to even open up TikTok <laughs> now. When, when I open up TikTok, I, I lose like 30 minutes. Yeah. I don't know what that that's is. That's my wife. Oh yeah, my God, just... that's me. I'm the same thing. Like I can, I can open up Facebook or any of those other things and like, just be like, I'm just going to see what's new. Okay. Three minutes, five minutes. Cool. 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 I'm closing it up now. But TikTok, I'm like, sure. what the, I don't even do the thing I went to TikTok to do. Yeah. You just get sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, I'm going to be at, uh, uh, what is the, what is the anime one? I'm going to a con. 
Oh, this will probably come out a while oh, later. You're right, the... right. That doesn't matter. Uh, well, let me yeah. just let me just be ambiguous. I've got a con coming up real soon. Go ahead and check out my website. <laughs> just keep yeah, silverstein.com. And, and go see what con is coming up when this comes out. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah, website will update everything. So if you if anybody wants to find me for streamily signings or for cameo uh, videos or for what con I'm going to be at next, just go to keithsilverstein.com and uh, it, it's all there's links for everything there. So uh, whatever's new. And I'll link you to all my social media, too. So that's the truth. All I need to, ne- to say now is KeithSilverstein.com, and that's it. Everything's nice. right there. All right. Well, thank you again, man. This has been a pleasure. Oh, my, my pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.